What's going on, everybody? I'm Johnny Brook. Welcome back to episode number 28 of the Crafted Podcast. Podcast all about making stuff by hand, woodworking, metalworking, electronics, leather, and more. We put out new episodes every Wednesday on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, pretty much everywhere podcasts are available. If you want to learn more, check out our website at craftedpodcast.com. We also live stream there every Thursday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. You can also check out our app. Just search for The Crafted Podcast in either the iTunes or Android store. The app is free of charge. You can also live stream there. Let me go ahead and introduce my co-hosts with me as always. I've got James Wright from Wood by Wright. What's going on, James? Not too much, but for you, I'll drop everything. <laughs> I've got Zach Herberholz from ZH Fabrications. What's going on, Zach? How's it going? Good, man. So I actually ate, I actually ate uh, my dinner before the podcast tonight. Oh, man. That's... Uh... Uh, that makes me feel special, you know. You're, you're... Well, I do have a bag of walnuts in front of me that I'm snacking on. So. What, what time did you start? Like uh, four or something? About seven a.m. <laughs> I just I just make breakfast and lunch and dinner at the same time. Spread it out. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, we we do have some new patrons this week that I want to announce. Uh, had a couple of people come on board while uh, we were off. I guess we we weren't really off, but we were off from the live stream. Uh, last week and uh, had some new folks join us. So these are actually from the last couple weeks. So uh, a little bit behind, but we've got Andrew Hunt, Stian Johansson, uh, Logan Murky, Robin Lewis, who was a guest a couple weeks ago. Thank you, Robin. Uh, Chris Meyer, Ooh. Keith Johnson, uh, another awesome guy. We met all of them in Atlanta and uh, Eric Sipe. So thank you to all of our new patrons. If you guys want to check out our Patreon, it's patreon.com slash crafted podcast. We got all kinds of cool support levels there. Uh, we do a weekly kind of after show, after party thing, and uh, yeah, it's a great way to support the show. So, yeah, so I guess we haven't talked in like two weeks, so I'm excited to to dig into this. So, what yeah, you guys it's funny we on? we we got on. We usually like log on at about seven forty five before the podcast and and talk about stuff, but. <laughs> We found that like the excitement <laughs> level is so high yeah. before the podcast to talk about things <laughs> yeah. that we like blow it for the podcast. So we're like sitting there in silence. T- today we're just sitting on there in absolute silence, like <laughs> tapping our fingers on the desk, like waiting for eight o'clock so that I can ask Johnny like how his trip to the West Coast was and everything because we don't want to like kill the spontaneity before the uh, before yeah. the podcast. So. Yeah, let's well, do that. Let's. How, how was your trip, man? It was you went awesome. to my homeland. And yes. I'm jealous. Yeah, so I spent a week over in the Pacific Northwest, flew into Seattle, hung out there for a day or so, and then drove down to the wine country there in the Willamette Valley, uh, south of Portland there, and then drove over to the coast uh, to Tillamook and hung out in the coast for the afternoon, went hiking and drank some amazing sour beer over there. This Degard Brewing is outstanding and then stayed in portland for a couple days and just kind of hung out there so where'd you stay do you know what part of town um it was like southeast it was more like suburban i guess it was an airbnb so we just kind of picked something that was cheap enough we also had a rental car so we knew it wasn't going to be like a big issue if you know we weren't super super close so i'm trying to remember the name of it it's like Westmoreland or something like that. Oh uh, yeah, Westmoreland's beautiful, man. Yeah, we, it was we really nice. Move there. Yeah, it's like kind of, it's like a quaint, it's like a quaint retro yeah. part of town. Yeah. Did you go to a, there's a restaurant like a breakfast joint called Fat Alberts? <laughs> we didn't go there in uh, Westmoreland. That's amazing. Yeah, no, it was it was a great trip. Um, got to go down to I guess the Salem area, a little south of there, and visit. Uh, J.D. Justin from Rainfall Projects. That was really cool to go check out his shop and his farm and, uh, you know, meet his dog Drake in person and see those amazing <laughs> doors he had worked on. And uh, he's just a super nice dude. I had a great time hanging out with him and uh, cruising around his farm and drinking beer. And uh, that was that was a lot of fun. So, yeah, it was, a, it was an awesome trip. I did no woodworking whatsoever. It was actually really nice to just kind of have a week off from the shop and, not really watch YouTube videos and just kind of relax, you know. So it it uh, it was awesome. Drank a lot of good beer, ate a lot of good food. It was like it's one of those things. Like anytime I go on vacation, it's I'm pretty much constantly on the point of being overly full. Like as soon as I'm like not overly full, I either eat or drink again. To th- so then I'm like overly full again. So it it's 
it's kind of like a, a week of discomfort, but like also amazing, you know, taste sensations. So it's a, <laughs> it's it's this weird thing, but yeah, it's it it was a lot of fun. So yeah, so I've been working on nothing that last week, but then uh, got back. I guess when was it last night and worked today. So I got cooking on these mid-century modern side tables. Um, I did that kerfing technique where I, you know, cut multiple passes on the table saw so I could bend the plywood. So I'm really excited to see how those kind of turn out. They're going to be uh, rectangles, but with rounded uh, edges. So it's just going to be a little. I little saw your table. your test thing a while ago on Instagram yeah. of that, and I was curious what you're going to be doing because that looks really neat. That's something that you don't see as much. Yeah, I, I had really like neat. Googled mid-century modern side tables or end tables like a couple months ago and saw a couple that had that kind of radius corner, and I was just trying to figure out how the heck to do that. And I started looking it up and found this kerfing technique. I guess a lot of people who make uh, like subwoofer enclosures and stuff like that for like high-end car audio, uh, they they use that technique, uh, you know, prior to like skinning it with whatever kind of you know Tolex or whatever they're going to be using. Um, but it gives the corners this really nice, clean kind of radius, and you can use plywood or MDF or even solid wood and uh, get this really cool look. Um, obviously, you know. Like I'm using plywood, so you can see all these little kerf cuts even after it's bent. So I'm doing, you know, like a face frame or edge banding, and I'll flush that up, so you won't be able to see any of that. But uh, it should be cool. I'm I'm pretty excited. The, the one trick is going to be making the drawer fronts uh, kind of match that perfectly. That's going to be a little tricky, but uh, that shouldn't be too terribly difficult. But yeah, that should be a fun one. I should be. Uh, if you guys listen to this on iTunes or on the feed, that video will already be out. So definitely go check that out. So what about you guys? What have you guys been working on? I think I'm completely out of the loop. So James, how about you? I am not working on yes. the dresser. Yes, that's very <laughs> exciting. <laughs> Unbelievable. It's done. It's in the bedroom. It works fantastically. Um, I'm, I am overjoyed with it. And I'm actually, now that I've gotten that out of my shop, um, I am taking the chance to kind of do all the shop renovations and redoing things. So this last week I was putting in new lighting. Um, and uh, so the video that came out uh, today, um, so if you're listening to this, it would have been last Thursday. It was actually all about uh, shop lighting. And I got to go into Keller Theory. Ooh, that's my territory, man. Watch <laughs> it. No, but other than that, I'm just I'm taking the time to kind of sit back and actually not do that much woodworking at the moment, which uh, it's it's kind of weird. Yeah, is, is there like this this emptiness like inside of you now that you're not working on the dresser? I'm letting the the whole woodworking vibe kind of build up inside me for a little bit. Yeah. I'm gonna do a few fiddly projects and then jump into the next main bench here soon. So for the next year, you'll hear me talking about a bench, but. <laughs> Well, what's so, this I hear I hear about you entering the power tool realm? Is this are these rumors? Is that a joke? Um, well, I'm going to be doing a couple of videos on integrating power tools into a hand tool shop. Um, what ways could uh, a power tool be used that still has the soul of hand tool fun, but you can get through some of the more boring tasks that you have to do hundreds of times over again? Yeah. That's going to be cool, man. So do you have anything lined up already? You, you've got any things you want to share yet, or is it still kind of early for that? Uh, it was kind of early for that, but uh, yeah, I'll let that surprise hit mm. when uh, right. suddenly oh, there's a thousand thumbs downs on my channel. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, there's no such thing as bad publicity, right? I think YouTube doesn't <laughs> care whether it's an up or down thumb. They, uh, it's just interaction to them. Yeah, the intro from today's video was a lot of fun because I, I started out with a uh, warning. Today we're going to be talking about an interesting substance known as electricity. <laughs> nice. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, that uh, I haven't had a chance to watch the video yet. I've been out in the shop all day, but uh, I, I definitely want to get some a little bit better lighting in my shop. It, it's pretty good. Um I, and I don't really you know, want it to be too bright because I like that kind of shallow depth of field look and too bright. You can't really, you know, drop your aperture that much. But, uh, yeah, that, that I'm, I'm interested to see what you did there. That's what I absolutely love about this because I, 
when I'm actually working, I want it to be incredibly bright. And I had a very bright shop. I had a, a decent amount of overhead and, and directional. Um, but once I put up this, I, uh, my old space just looks pitifully dim. But the cool thing about it is that everything is run on doorbell wires. So I can run, I could individually put a switch on every single fixture very easily with just a doorbell wire or a switch. Nice. And so I can get this very specific focused lighting. So I have lighting exactly on what I'm working, but the whole background and everything around me can be almost perfectly dark. That's nice. It's really kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, that would be nice because that is always annoying when you've got either a mess in the background or just, you know, something distracting from the shot. And, you know, I, I have my entire yeah. garage on one switch. So literally like <laughs> every light in my garage, I think, is one switch. So, uh, yeah, not, not a lot of control there. What's, yeah, what's I, I now about? actually have 12 switches. I have one master switch, which will turn everything on. And then I have five zones that I can turn on. And then inside each zone, I have specialty switches. Nice. So about, everything is. I'd say about a good thirty to forty percent of the light in my shop comes from the built-in one into my garage door opener. <laughs> that is. <laughs> like, uh, I'm not even. Kidding. That is truly <laughs> ridiculous, so, man. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like moving around in there and I'm recording, and it'll get dim, so I have to like stick my arm up and like wave it to get the garage door <laughs> to come back on. Man. So. Yeah, like uh, you guys. Screw you guys. <laughs> Dude, you, you can get these things called LED uh, shop lights for like 40 bucks at Home Depot, and uh, they plug into any old outlet, and you can daisy-chain them, and man, it's it's amazing how much of a difference even that makes. I know. I, I have some fluorescent lights just sitting there, like, waiting for me to put them up, <laughs> but I just I haven't gotten around to it yet. I don't know, though. It might be better for me just to buy a new lens for my camera that doesn't have a quarter inch of shellac built up on it. A bunch of like weld spatter. (laughs) I I should I need that's what I need to put that on my Instagram. I'll take a picture of my camera lens and put it up there. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there really is something to be said for like for the just pure sexiness of of video footage, having a kind of dim shop, you know, you get a a Mm -hmm. kind of a cooler look. I mean. I think a lot of shops are almost too bright to to look cool, um, and and it always impresses me. People like like Laura Camp, like her shop, the lighting looks just super awesome. And I don't know if it's like really dim in there or she just handles that well. But man, uh, yeah, that that's that's always a battle between like good visibility while you're working and then making the video look. Uh, yeah. you know, interesting. But then you have so to. I must I must be like the, the yeah. final video. <laughs> recording like because yeah. everything sucks and i don't mean it to suck but maybe it like sucks in a good way like, <laughs> like a lo-fi like garage old, band you know yeah yeah like the old garage rock bands yeah. that like recorded on tape it just sounds <laughs> beautifully crappy like yes. it's my favorite stuff yes that's awesome that's awesome well zach how about you what you've been working on man i have like a huge list here i don't even know if i can make it through all of it <laughs> it's funny like we have we have the uh we have like a joint Google Drive document, and I still just prefer to write things down with pen <laughs> on a piece of paper. Yes, I, I don't really well, appreciate that when it comes time to do the show notes. And, um, well, I I, 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 I don't know why I did it. It's just like my <laughs> my uh, instinct. I just feel better writing things. I'll fill it in. But. Force of habit. All right. Uh, I put out that door video. Finally, <laughs> that was new. Yeah. I've been talking about that for a very, very long time. Yeah. So, um, how was that doing? I, I haven't even again had a chance it's, to it's really. It's doing right. It had like lately. It's weird. Like YouTube is treating me very strangely lately because <laughs> I had like all those giveaway videos that totally flopped, and I feel like it killed my my YouTube momentum. And yeah. I don't really care because that's not how I make my money. But. Yeah. um I do care because it hurts my feelings. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Like my videos usually do awesome for the first day when everybody gets their notifications and watches it and I'll get a bunch of views. And then the next day it goes back down to like absolutely nothing. So I think I, I hit like 10,000 views in like less than a day on that one. And then the next day it got like 2000 views total. So yeah. I, they just they just kill it after a day. So 
And then they promoted my wall sconce video again, which is like a knife in my back. I mean, I love that video. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like <laughs> I'm never like that's a good thing, man. It's always bringing in new viewership who, you know, when you put out a new video now, hopefully they'll be subscribed. <laughs> I know, but I put out a new video and they they're they're like, oh, he put out a new video. Let's promote one of his old videos. Know, yeah. <laughs> well, it's probably just based on performance. That's what it seems. You know, it's just. Yeah, uh, I have no idea. There's yeah, no I'm, rhyme or reason. I'm definitely like the one hit wonder still. <laughs> I, you guys, everybody gets Rick rolled with my uh, my wall sconce video. You're like. See what I'm see what new videos I've put out and you end up watching my wall scouts video. Anyway. Um plasma table. So yeah. I recently acquired a Lincoln Electric TIG welder and a plasma cutter, and I needed to build a table for it. So um if you guys have been following my Instagram, I knocked that out a week ago. I still need to edit that footage and put that out, but stay tuned for that video because it should be out pretty soon. That was a fun build, actually. I like yeah, that. Yeah, it turned it was, out really cool. Yeah, it took like uh, probably, I mean, I did it in two days, but I totally could have done it in one. Nice. And I can't believe I've been missing. I mean, I've wanted a plasma cutter forever, but holy crap. Like, it is unbelievable. Like, it's better than I ever would have expected. <laughs> nice. It's awesome. Um, chairs. I am a good amount of the way done with the four chairs that I'm building. Uh, it's going really well. So hopefully I'll have those. I'll, I'll definitely have them done this month. And, uh, if I'm lucky, I'll get the video out this month. Um, and a lot of you guys know that when I was in Atlanta, I had drank a whole lot. Thanks, Johnny and lost my keys. How's that my fault? I don't know. I felt like blaming somebody <laughs> other than myself. I think I was at the bar first with uh, me and, and Malecki were, were, and, and James. We were there, like, I think we, we posted up there, and then everybody came and kind of absorbed around us. That was uh, I was very thirsty after all that talking. Yeah, and I lost my keys. And you lost your keys. <laughs> Probably but, a while uh, So yeah, yeah, who knows where they're at. I, I called everyone. I couldn't find them. So I decided to forge my own key fob, and uh, I did that, and then I got some interest in them. So that's all I've been doing the past two days is batching out these uh, hand-forged key fobs, and I put them on my website, and I can't keep up with all the orders, which nice. is actually <laughs> awesome. Um, so, yeah, those are cool. And... I finally lived out a dream the other day. I ordered 48 Sharpies, and <laughs> I just threw them everywhere uh, in my that shop. Video. That video was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. It's on my Instagram if anybody wants to see me throwing Sharpies. You still won't be able to find them, though. Catastrophically yeah. messy shop. Yeah. Um, so the Sharpie then uh, Harley, yeah. that, uh, Harley Davidson of Newport Ritchie contacted me, and they want me to weld up a burnout cage for motorcycle nice. burnouts nice. so that could be a really i mean it's gonna be a pretty simple build but i feel like it could be like a super awesome video yeah. because i'm sure yeah. i could work into the deal them putting a crappy tire on my motorcycle and letting me run it until i explode it that would be fun and then put my old tire back on i'm sure <laughs> i can work that into the deal somehow yeah that so would that awesome. would just be a really cool video so i want to do that uh, two more things. I'm almost done. We've got a lot to catch up on, man. It's I know been it's two been weeks. two weeks, man. Um, I picked up. I like doubled my Patreon in the last week. Uh, so I picked up some new Patreon or patrons. Thank you guys so much. Uh, I still don't completely understand how Patreon works, <laughs> but I know when people pay money, I get it, and uh, that's a huge help. And thank you guys so much. Uh, I'm going to be sending out some gifts to some of the new patrons, so stay tuned. Uh, and also, by the time this comes, I, I put in an order for T-shirts because I, I sold all of my T-shirts when I was in Atlanta. So I just put in another order. I should have them in this week, and I will put them on the website. So by the time this uh, podcast is out, I should have T-shirts for sale on my website. Nice. Oh, crap. One more. I lied. <laughs> um so I got some cool stuff in the mail today. Uh, Uncle Reaper in North Idaho sent me a pewter coin that he made and etched my emblem into it, which is really cool. 
And uh, Todd Elder from Elder Forge sent me a slot punch and a uh, 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 slicing chisel. Or so, yeah, that very very nicely made. So, thank you guys so much. Nice, cool. That's it. All out. I'm done. All right. See you guys next week. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was an intense one. We've uh, definitely been away for a while though, so lots to catch up on. So. Um, our topic this week is kind of a fun one, I think. We uh, just kind of want to talk about what if we had, I guess, an unlimited budget to build a, a shop of our dreams, uh, what would that shop be like? So um, I, I consider myself lucky enough to have my dream shop be kind of close to my real shop, but I, I think, you know, I'm just living totally beyond the realms of reality. But uh, James, I think you've got quite the list going. You want to start us off? Yeah, I spent a good amount of time thinking about this day because, I mean, you, you think about a hand tool shop and it, it's like, you know, a saw and a plane and a bench and a chisel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I was like, you know, if I really wanted to do it up big, um, I've been thinking a lot about lighting. And um, there's a company called ETC. They make lighting for theaters. And they have a product that is this small theater spotlight. Uh, but it's LED and it's about a foot long, the tiny little thing. And I would have like a hundred of those throughout. So I'd have all these perfectly focused spots on everything from every direction. And I could completely control it with a theater lighting board. I think that would be absolutely awesome. Nice. Um, but as to like the normal woodworking, um, I, I figured I would have eight benches. I'd have my, my main woodworking bench and a dirty bench and a carving bench and a, um, and a uh, uh, riving bench. And then I would have the um the assembly bench and then i'd have a sharpening bench and so you have all these stations where a particular process is done and then on the wall or the space around them would be all of their tools splayed out so you could see them all like i could imagine the the carving bench having an entire wall of all of these chisels hanging vertically on the wall so i could see all of them at any given time and uh uh, basically, it's just about having any particular process being um, this, so that every tool for that process is within hand's reach. So you never actually have to move from any particular spot. And I love that about hand tool woodworking is when you come in to do a task, um, you usually only need a few tools and you can stay in that one location and, and set it up so that all you're having to do is twist from the waist and your feet never actually have to move. And... Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I think the other big thing that I would love to have is a finishing room. Yes. Uh, I had that in one of my last shops with an exhaust um, booth and actually have an entire room set aside for nothing but finishing so that you could have the, the fumes exhausted. Um, you could have airflow through there for um, quicker drying. Uh, and you're not having to, you know, fumigate your house or your garage. Uh, it would be a that would be a huge, huge thing for me. That would be amazing. Yeah, that's that's definitely on my list. <laughs> Just well, and the other thing, being able to work on multiple projects at once and not having to worry about dust ending up in your current finish. You yeah, know? like that's yeah. that alone is. I mean, that's just so huge. Yeah, that's awesome. That sounds like a cool shop. I, I think. Uh, you might as well just have one of everything from uh, Lee Nielsen and, and Veritas, right? I mean, just <laughs> just do it up. It's like, ah, yeah. I'm tired of this low angle jack plane. Just throw it away. Get let me switch over to my Lee Nielsen this week. <laughs> yeah, I, I can definitely say I will never be a, a studly. Um, I won't be the guy who has enough tools and stops getting new tools. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. I, I don't think it's possible to be like part of our whole digital scene and and do that. You know, I think. I think it's just yeah. inevitable to see just tools being used. And I mean, it's like, like that Tony Rouleau block plane. Like I have zero, I do not need another block plane. I have a really great block plane, but that one that he makes that Jay did a video on that I like almost went and, and pre-ordered, you know, six months ago or whatever and didn't, you know, it's just one of those things. It's like, now I want that, you know, like that, that needs to be in my shop. So yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those things. That's funny. Cool. Well, uh, I guess Zach, you got, you got a list going. Um, I do. Uh, where did it go? I clicked on something and now <laughs> I need to find it. His list is going. 
Oh man, I have way too many tabs open. Where do we go? There we go. I got it. All right. Well, I would have um, I would have more lighting than just the built-in garage door opener light. <laughs> that I think that would be really convenient. Uh, multiple cameras. I think that would be really cool. Yes. And also, you know what? Though I thought about that, and it's kind of a catch twenty-two because w- one of the things I'd like to have, like, I wish I had space, like, like, and just, just enough space to where everything isn't on top of everything else. Like, I have to set, I have to set like power tools on the floor to use other power tools quite a bit. I try and put them off camera. Maybe I should just leave them in there. It doesn't really matter. Like I have a gigantic miter saw on the floor of my shop right now because I needed to use my workbench. Yeah, that thing's um, not very light, is it? It's not too bad. Yeah, I have way heavier. I'm trying to think. I don't know. I, I feel like half of the battle in my shop is just lifting heavy objects to get them <laughs> other places to make room for things. So, in the grand scheme, the miter saw isn't too bad. Um, but it doesn't fit in my old miter saw station, so I'm going to have to build <laughs> Yeah, because it's enormous. Yeah, yeah so I'm going to have to build. that. That's later down the road. But, um, no, I, I'd love to have space to actually have, uh, like, a side of the shop that's, like, dedicated to, like, more metalworking and then a side that's more woodworking. Um, I think that would be really nice. Uh, but... And with the multiple camera thing, like I was saying, like it's kind of a catch-22 because as neat as it would be to have like just a camera set up over here where you need it and a camera set up over there where you need it, that would make video editing um, oh, yeah. less fun than it is already. <laughs> so, like, I don't know. I mean, I guess you could just like write each scene number like before you record on a camera. Yeah. And then delete it off when you load it into the thing. But well, a couple times I've done multi-camera editing. It's actually very easy to do if you have all the same camera. If they're all recording in the same format and the same system, uh, you can compile them very easily yeah. and, and cut them together. Yeah, well, I'm just talking about like I didn't even think of the visual thing uh, aspect of it. I was just thinking about like sequentially, like say you have two or three cameras and you have like different snippets of each of them, like. Oh. Putting them back in order. Well, that's where you, that's where you need yeah. one of those clackers, so you could actually you write I have, a clacker. I have forty eight sharpies in paper. I can just write numbers. I don't need a clacker. <laughs> or I mean, yeah. as long as the time is right on each camera, well, they, they should. Yeah, order the, the clacker, uh, the sound is what you time everything up with. Yeah. So yeah. It goes, you can actually start them all at that exact same moment. But when you're low, when you're low tech like me, you don't have separate microphones, so you just use the built-in one on your phone. Or if you have Final <laughs> it's that Cut analog Pro, lo-fi goodness see, that I go for. Final Cut Pro will sync it up just based on audio automatically. So that's one using one reason I love Final Cut Pro is if I'm using two cameras, even if I'm just using the built-in mm-hmm. mics, you know, GoPro and other camera. It'll sync them right up, and um, you know it's all automated. So, totally off topic, Crazy. but that is a, an awesome feature of Final Cut Pro. But before I talk about multiple cameras, I think it would be nice to have multiple batteries <laughs> and memory cards <laughs> for my camera. Yeah, because like uh, if I forget to throw my battery on the charger, I'll have to like take an hour break in the middle of my day. <laughs> and like if you ever see the clips and my videos get really short. That's because my battery is almost done and I'm just like trying to shoot a few seconds before it dies and like slow it down. Oh, man. So, um, ridiculous. I, I, I make do with what I have, but, uh, and I would have Sharpies and tape measures everywhere. <laughs> um, and a paint booth and good and storage, like yeah. all of my metal. Fortunately, I live in Florida, so nobody cares that I have a ton of metal like in my driveway just sitting there because I don't have anywhere else to put it. And also, to fit in with the, the locale here, uh, my water heater blew up like two weeks ago. It didn't like blow up, but it just started leaking everywhere. I went out into the shop, and there was like a quarter inch of water in my entire shop, which was great. Um so uh, now I have a water heater on the side of my house next to a bunch of like gigantic metal. Like, so I just, it looks so white trash. It's you do something <laughs> cool with the water heater, man. That, uh, I feel like there's some sort of project there. 
uh, take it to the dump. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that would be a good YouTube video. Though. No. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah. Nice. So that would be my dream shop. It would just be bigger and have better lighting. Yeah. I mean, you notice he didn't say anything about dust collection. I know. I, I felt like, that's... Zach, you could have really like gone crazy because you're – current shop versus what i would imagine your dream shop would be are probably so basically your dream shop is like a step down from johnny's shop (laughs) (sighs) i don't know like i can't even think that big (laughs) like my my mind can't comprehend like i don't i don't know like i can't even the dust collection isn't even something that's feasible for me yet i mean yeah but this doesn't have to be realistic this is just you know your wildest dreams well, I don't even like. I mean, I can't even fathom. Like, it wasn't even on my radar of like things yeah. on my priority list because it's so. That's awesome. Far removed from what would make me happy. That's awesome. Cool. Well, um, yeah. I mean, as I said, I I consider myself pretty lucky with my current shop. It has basically everything I I really need. Um, but there are certainly a lot of things that I would like to have. Um, one of them is definitely a little bit more space, mainly for the whole finishing booth type of thing. I think that would be amazing, just mainly because I'm always kind of in the middle of a lot of projects. So just being able to switch from one thing to another and not have to worry about dust, that'd be awesome. Um, also, just having my metal side of the shop just way more beefed up you know having things more set up and accessible so i can get to them more easily uh you know better ventilation all that kind of thing because basically what i want to be able to do is walk into my shop and think of anything and be able to do that thing pretty much immediately you know without having to move anything around and uh, i'm i'm pretty close to that but uh, the metal side is definitely the side that has lower priority for me um so I would love to have a little, you know, like a like a stop block system for the metal chop saw and have my welding table ready to go with ventilation, not having to move anything around and, you know, drag it out in my driveway and all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I thought about that for the uh, a, a miter block for the metal chop saw. Yeah. But the issue with that is that the metal chop saws that we have the uh the blade doesn't rotate around the table the table oh yes the clamp right. rotates so your the uh the, the the blade doesn't pivot relative huh. to the, the table the, yeah. the clamp pivots uh, that little tiny evolution one rotates but that's i mean you're not going to want to use that to to yeah. cut the stuff that I'm cutting anyway. Unless yeah. you put the saw on a turning table. That's what I was thinking. But, and then but then lock the, the fence to the... That'd be awkward, though. It'd be awkward. <laughs> It'd be really weird. Because you'd have to move both but... the fence on the saw and the table that the saw was sitting yeah. on. Unless you locked the fence to whatever the... It wouldn't index because the, the fence has to slide fore and aft. So yeah. even like you're yeah. indexing against the fence really, wouldn't work. A metal cutting bandsaw with proper in-feed and out-seed feed support and some yeah. kind of stop just blocking. a metal cutting bandsaw that, like that's, a period yeah that that's i mean the chop saws are great but well, the metal cutting bandsaw the saw i used to have best. at my last shop um actually would take full 22 foot sticks um put them on the in feed side and we would have a a program fed into it and it would automatically feed the bore feed them through cut them and the saw would change angle for every cut yeah, that's and what so I at want. the end you'd have your whole cut list coming out that was all computer generated. Yeah, robot chop saw. Huh. That sounds uh, that sounds good. Yeah, I mean, I mean, really you have to program that in. Yeah, it'd be easy though. Well, there's a whole system for it. It's actually pretty straightforward. You just throw a spreadsheet at it and it cuts it all. Yeah, gross. <laughs> yeah, as much of the like <laughs> menial stuff as I could get rid of, like like in my dream shop, it would be more about the people that are in my dream shop than the tools. I think because. Like, I would love to have an editor. So then I could run multiple cameras and not have to worry about trying to sync <laughs> them all up and, you know, chop out the, the excess stuff. Or a cameraman stuff. that could follow you around. Yeah, like, or a dude who could do all my sanding. Uh, or a lady. I mean, you know, <laughs> anybody who could do all my sanding because I hate sanding. You know, just like eliminating the parts of the job that feel like a job. Uh, I think, you know... As I try to, when I say efficiency, I mean eliminating stuff I don't like for the most part. So, 
Um, that, you know, in, in a dream shop, I think that's, that's part of it. Um, I think my dream shop would have to have like a shop dog. <laughs> I agree with but that. that would mean, <laughs> but that would mean that I would need dust collection and a clean shop and space for it to lay down safely. And yeah. I don't have any of those things in my shop. I, I, I do have a dog, <laughs> but, uh, it would be unsafe for <laughs> See, I'd also want the dog to be self-sufficient, and I wouldn't want to have to walk it or feed it or pick up its poop. So um, that's why I don't have a shop dog, because dogs seem like small children that uh, require a no, lot of maintenance. No, they're way better than children. You feed them in the morning, and you take them out, and you hang out, and then you do it again at night. You know, Growing up, we had a chihuahua that used a litter box. See that's that's an ideal situation, but then you still got to empty that. So I think yeah, a robot just... shop dog would be ideal, you know. <laughs> yes, that would be yeah. uh, that'd be good. Yeah, Vince from the uh, live chat actually brought up an interesting idea for this uh, discussion. But what is the perfect size for a dream shop? Mm. Because if you get too big, then you're spending your time walking all over the place. That's why you have a Segway. <laughs> or one of those sweet little powered uh, skateboard things that you just lean forward and backwards on. That's I mean. safe. Those are so much fun, though. <laughs> yeah. Have you guys ever been on those? No, oh, I have yeah. not. They're a lot they of fun. Are Did a couple tours with them. Ridiculously fun. Yeah. I mean, so that's the other thing. Like, we were kind of mentioning this beforehand. Having all of the wiring and all of the dust collection below the ground, so then yes, in if the it country. was like the size of an you know uh, basically a, a hanger, then I could cruise around on my Segway and not have to worry about running over a giant dust Plugs collection cord. Plugs from the ceiling. Yep. Oh. Yep. Yeah. That would be awesome. Or you can wire it into a tree stump, like my <laughs> shop. <laughs> Yes, that is my dream my, there. Have you guys seen my electric tree stump? Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think... Did I tell you that somebody like sent me a picture of a tree stump uh, that they like copied for me? Like, they put a toggle clamp on it. and <laughs> That's awesome. Awesome. Of all, of all the things that they could have like copied from me, they're like, you know what? I like this guy. I'm going to build his shop stump. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I could go on and on. I, I would love to have enough space and enough extra tools to be able to teach classes like that. That's something that I'd love to yeah. do at some point, you know, like have five band saws and five table saws and, you know, multiples of the things I'd need to be able to have an efficient class situation. Um, that would be really cool. Um, would you guys have one table saw that just always has a dado blade on it so you don't have to change it? Oh, of course. I'd probably, <laughs> I'd probably have like seven table saws, one with like each width of dado that I would really need. You know, it's like one that's wide enough for three quarter inch ply. You know, so like, basically you're looking for a 747 hanger. Pretty much, yeah. To me, like there is no too big of a shop. Because if it's a dream so, shop, like I could take my Porsche over to the table saw and you know make a rip cut. Yeah, and I think the, the shop size is something that is, is kind of funny because I used to – my shop used to be 8 foot by 10 foot. Yeah. And honestly, up until very recently, I, I would not want any more size because any more size means I have to walk around for things. Yeah, but even if I had my dream shop with eight benches and walls of, of whatnot, I don't think I'd want the shop any larger than about twenty by twenty maximum. Hmm. And even with all of that, most of the work would be done in about half of it. I honestly, because I don't want to ever have to move anywhere. Yeah, <clears throat> I think Johnny's shop size is like that is per, like I could do it. I think I could do everything what, I need to ever 20? do. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I never include the space where my wife parks. Um, but yeah, it's it's probably in that thirty ish by twenty ish range. Yeah, yeah plus that hallway, I mean, that that wood storage hallway is pretty clutch. I mean, just having that, yeah, to, to have ridiculous. extra wood and steel. I mean, that that's what I'm saying. Like honestly, I I know that this shop space was just a total, you know, lark of a find in this house, and uh, it, it worked out really really well. So, yeah, I feel like, I don't know, kind of spoiled even talking about a dream shop because I, I definitely <laughs> feel like I'm living the dream right now. It's uh, it's pretty amazing. But 
on that. I just can't note. wait until like, like my my shop is starting to build vertically because I'm out of space horizontally. So just I'm, everything is on top of something or underneath something else. Yeah. Nice. Well, we've got some uh, some questions from the audience. So you guys want to go ahead and move into those? Yeah. Sweet. So uh, from John, we've got what was our best and worst moment in the shop? So that's uh, that's tough. I'm gonna have to think about that. I know my worst. What it's I like felt, an interview question. Yeah, what I felt was personally the worst when I was doing that organ cabinet. I was doing the glue up and uh, had glue on everything. Had dominoes already in all of the joints and. Everything was coming together, and I realized that I had put one of the legs together backwards. So the domino holes were not where they needed to be. So I was, I just lost it. It was like, it was one of those moments where I had spent, you know, a week and a half getting to this point and thought I had basically ruined the project, and it was all solid walnut. And, you know, just, it was, I was really proud of this project. (laughs) And so, you know, I was just, I just lost it. I had to cut like dominoes on the fly and I still managed to get it together somehow, but, uh, it was, it was not a great moment. I, I have the footage from that and it's kind of like embarrassing to watch. You know, it's one of those things where, you know, all my glue ups are caught on film because I'd start the camera and I am not messing around with the camera until the glue up is in the clamps, you know, cause like glue ups yeah. are like the most stressful thing to me. And, uh, that was I do it the same way. Yeah. You always only get one direction with the glue up. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. It's like and it's always sped up for me, you know. It's like 20 times speed gluing up. That's it cuz yeah, I'm 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 so stressed about that kind of 15 minute time limit that uh I'm just, you know, it I I've learned to plan ahead a lot better to do test fits like out the wazoo to make sure everything is going to come together nicely. But uh that was that was not a good moment for me. What about you guys? I had a quart of boiled linseed oil in an open top uh, Rubbermaid container. And it was the good stuff that I got from a friend who made it. And it was fairly expensive. And I knocked it over mm. and dumped it into my pile of finished wood of uh, um, wood pieces that I was working on. <laughs> pre-finishing them all. <laughs> and then suddenly the thought occurs to me, wait a second. Underneath all of that wood is a pile of sawdust. Oh, man. And if I don't spread that sawdust out, and if I let it sit overnight, it's gonna catch fire. there's a good chance of some sort of combustion. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. Oof. And all of that happened in the middle of a glue-up. Oh, man. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good one. Yeah, knocking stuff over made glue up is like it's just it just happens. There's no way around it because you're just running around like a chicken with your head cut off. That's awesome. What about you, Zach? You know, I can't think of like any giant catastrophic failures. I have like just a lot of minute failures on a regular basis. Um, I remember like when I the seriously the first cut that I made with this, uh, the miter saw like a year ago when I bought it. It's a brand new DeWalt miter saw. I set it up in like its space and I'm just like getting ready. I throw a board up there and I cut it and the way I had the cord looped, it was like behind the fence, but the blade cuts beyond the fence. So I cut through the board and then the saw turned off and I'm like, what the hell? And I pull up the saw and I cut the cable in half. (laughs) So I was, I was like, I was, upset for like 10 seconds and then i thought it was the funniest thing i've ever done that's it's the first the first cut i make with the saw i cut the power cable off of itself yeah <laughs> it was, i did it was actually really funny i did something similar with a uh woodpecker sent me one of their really fancy router tables which is like it's like a thousand dollar router table and a lot of that is the router lift but the table itself is is pretty you know pretty pricey and so I'm putting it together, and there's like a million screws in the package, and I cannot figure out why. And so I'm just, you know, rushing, screwing everything together. And I flip it over, and the top has all of these dimples on it. And evidently, there are two different lengths of screws included with the Woodpecker's router table. One, if you are supplying your own tabletop, 
and one if you're using the included top. Well, I used the one if you're supplying your own. All the screws were slightly too long, so they pushed up below through the melamine, like beautiful, perfect, oh. you know, precision surface top, and basically ruined it. I mean, it's, you know, it's the, the router table needs to be perfectly flat, and uh, had never even used it before, and had already ruined the dang thing. So that was not my brightest moment for sure that uh yeah that's no fun that is no fun um and that i like i burn myself all the time (laughs) like i'll just any anytime there's something hot i'm going to burn myself on it (laughs) like the other day um i i was i can't remember what i was forging i think i was actually doing those uh key fobs and like, so I have a, a eighth inch rod that I have in the forge and, and uh, I quench it and then I set it down on the table. I do something, I come back and I pick it up, but I pick it up on the end that wasn't quenched and, uh, it hurt. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. You know, he's talking about best moments in the shop and I think the most memorable one for me is actually the first time I did a hand cut dovetail. They weren't the prettiest things, but putting it together and realizing that the two pieces of wood stuck together without glue was just like, that was, that is one of those incredible moments where I almost have a tear in my eye. It was, it was really kind of a, an eye opening thing. I remember using a planer and jointer for the first time. And that was like, that was this, it was like an achievement unlocked award when you're playing a video (laughs) game. It's like, Oh my God, my woodworking, whole life has just changed in a moment you know and it was like a little dewalt planer and a little porter cable bench top jointer and i just i just took a two by four you know just scrap two by four and and squared it up and i'm like this is this is a serious game changer my woodworking will never be the same again and uh that was yeah that was an amazing moment yeah, and now was, you stepped it up again. And now I've stepped it up for the nth time since then. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> what about you, Zach? What was one of your best moments? God, I don't – see, I was I was always bad at like, you know, you get the interview questions. They're like, name a time when you overcame – Well, you named like five of the bad ones though. I know. Well, I remember those. <laughs> you don't want to tell. You don't want to tell those in an interview. Like, remember five times where you failed huge. Like, I can. I can always think of some of those. But when I succeeded, now nah, I, I forget that stuff. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I don't really have any like. I mean, two things that I like are. Uh, I mean, obviously, when you like finish a project and you get a step back and you get that moment of like, I did it. That's always good, and you know, especially when it's like. I don't have any children, but you know, it's like, they're like my children. Cause I look at them like, I remember when you were just an idea and now you're like a thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so there's that. But also, um, I just like, I love going out in the morning, especially like if I have woodwork to do or something that's not ridiculously loud. I've been doing so much metal work lately that I, it's just brutally loud and I have to wear headphones and it's, but like, those mornings when I have a quiet activity and I get out there early and I have a pot of French press and I like put on some nice music and I just like have that Zen morning for an hour or two before it turns a hundred degrees here in Florida. It is that like, that's a great moment. So I, I mean, I, I don't think there's any particular ones that stand out, but just like those activities in general are, are uh, very enjoyable for me. I mean, I, I can't believe that, I've been doing this a hundred percent self-employed for six, seven months. And I still cannot believe I get to do this for a living. Like yeah. it is the best thing that's ever happened to me other than, you know, my wife. Cause if I don't say that, she'll kill me. <laughs> but, uh, the first time you put finish on any really cool project. Oh yeah. Yeah. That too. That's a good one too. That's up there. Certainly. Yep. Yep. Cool. Uh, let's see. We've got a couple more. Uh, James, what is your favorite wood to carve from Logan? Um, my favorite wood to carve? Well, that's actually a, a complicated question. Um, easiest is probably basswood, um, but easiest doesn't always make favorite. Um, 
I think cherry would be my favorite. It's 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 much tougher than basswood or poplar or anything like that, but it's a very creamy wood, and you still get a lot of that color. Uh, Keller. But, you know, I mean, anything like that, like the walnut is fantastic for that. Um, Still kind of creamy, easy to cut. I've always liked working with ash, but I've never carved in ash. Ash is a bit difficult because it's very stringy and it'll chip out on you. Yeah. Um, And it doesn't have that that color benefit that you get with some other woods. Hmm. It's a lot of difficulty with not as much reward. If that makes sense. Yeah. Cool. Well, we've got a couple other Q&As, but uh, I think we'll save those for the after show. So uh, I guess let's go ahead and... Yeah. I guess let's go ahead and... Oh, oh, by the way, I had an awesome comment uh, from Mike Dillon in the live chat. Uh, He says we should call the segment uh, What's Zach Eating? Uh, Zach's Snacks, which I think (laughs) is outstanding. And is definitely going to be a thing now. So yes, thank you for that, Mike. <laughs> that is uh, that's pretty good. So speaking of walnut, <laughs> yeah. uh, nice. So uh, we should. Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of curious how many of. I mean, obviously everybody's going to say they like music, but I wonder if uh, wonder if anybody would be interested in having a like. What are we listening to? Well, quickie segment or something like maybe in the beginning of the shop since we have so many little things at the end but maybe we can do like what yeah. music or like what are you listening to in the shop any cool bands because i always like hearing that i actually had somebody i talked about how i like tom waits a few weeks ago and somebody gave me a couple of suggestions and i thought that was kind of cool so i don't know if you guys would be up for that but yeah i mean i think like mine this week actually for my what are we watching reading whatever is going to be what i've been listening to so like I think anytime we discover some cool new bands, that'd be a great place to plug it in. Because I mean, you know, there's only so many times where you're gonna have somebody new that you're, you know, you found on YouTube or whatever. And um, I think, uh, yeah, I, I mean, shop music is so huge for me. I, I very rarely do not have music blasting in the shop. So um, yeah, yeah, that'd, that'd be good to me. I, okay, I can I can always add something to the. Yeah. What are we watching, listening to? Because yeah, since you've had the same, I, like I think you've had the same book for like four weeks now. So I think <laughs> it is a really, really good book. So normally, so normally with like books, especially like this kind of stuff or woodworking, like I'll read it and I'll find something interesting, and then I'll like get online and and read more about it, and yeah. like and I'll work through the book very slowly. Like it's just anytime <laughs> I find some something interesting. Um, you know, I'll, I'll delve into it. This one is just, I'm having such a good time reading it. Like I pretty much just read it right before bed cause I'm pretty busy, but, um, I'm just, I'm just going through the whole book. And then by the time I get done with it, then I'm going to start over and then I'll delve into the things. But, uh, it's, it's really, really good. Yeah. It's, the, I, uh, it's on my Amazon list now. I, I, I need to pick that up. It looks it's awesome. really cool. I mean, it's, I'm overwhelmed with ideas and I'm actually looking forward to I'm kind of looking forward to the day or like a time period sometime when I don't have a ton of commission projects so I can actually build some of the ideas that I have because I have a lot of stuff I'd like to build. I just don't have the feast or famine and right now it's feast. So Nice. Cool. Um, yeah, so I mean, I guess on that note, my what I'm watching this week is uh, is a band that I've recently just kind of gotten obsessed with. Uh, they're called Pine Grove, I think it's how you pronounce it. Um, and there's this channel called Audio Tree that, if you guys don't already subscribe to, you totally should. They, uh, I don't actually don't know where they are, but uh, a couple of bands that I'm really into have been on there before. But it's basically like a little studio that uh, bands come in and play. And the audio quality is unreal. Like a lot of times they'll actually release this recording uh, that they use for their YouTube videos as an album on like iTunes or whatever. So that's the case with this Pine Grove one. But uh, it's just Pine Grove on Audio Tree uh, and it's a live set from them and just really great stuff. Their sound is kind of like, I don't know, it's kind of reminiscent of some of these like bands i used to listen to in high school this they're from new jersey and to me there is this very distinct 
uh, kind of New Jersey, almost like emo rock kind of sound, emo indie kind of thing there. Um, I'm a huge like brand new fan and I used to be really into like Taking Back Sunday and uh, Saves the Day and bands like that. And I, I, to me, this Pine Grove has this kind of nostalgic feel uh, for me, at least nostalgic, you know, being like <laughs> the early 2000s. Um, so yeah, definitely check them out. <laughs> way back. <laughs> yeah, way back. You guys probably barely remember that, but uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll have that in the show notes. James, what about you? Um, I've actually been watching, uh, I came across uh, Matt Dower Designs, um, small YouTube channel, uh, but he makes a bunch of these interesting things. But one of the things he makes is this really, really cool chandelier that is adjustable um, in height. And so it's this counterweighted system so you can bring the the chandelier down low over a table. And then when you move the table away or if you need something else in that space, you can raise the chandelier up and out of the way. Nice. And oh, absolutely gorgeous, um, a cool mix of industrial and modern and um, very like almost Japanese Zen, um, really, really cool system altogether and, uh, a very cool video, but he has a, a couple of them, uh, a couple of videos on making this particular design and, uh, well worth the watch. A lot of great inspiration there. Cool. Zach, what about you? So, uh, well, I, we already kind of touched on the book I'm reading. It's design the definitive visual history, which is put out by the Smithsonian and it's big and it has a ton of pictures and it's really cool and I like it. And you guys would probably like it too. If you like design, <laughs> um, so there's that. And then, uh, music, I found this band the other day. I mean, I listen to music for like 10 hours a day in the shop. So I, uh, find quite a bit, but just, uh, yesterday I found this, uh, guy or band. It's called the bones of J.R. Jones. It's kind of cool, eerie, folky Americana ish stuff. Um, so been digging on that the past day. So cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, we want to talk about our favorite tools of the week. Zach, I see you got something here. Yep. Uh, plasma cutter. They're awesome. <laughs> I got the, um, the Lincoln electric. I can't remember what number it is. Tomahawk. Did you get the one with Tomahawk. the built-in compressor or? Yeah. The 375? 375, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's awesome. I can't believe I mean, I have some good metal cut. Like, I have shears. I have, like, the pneumatic shears. I have a Beverly shear. Um, and the cut, the cuts that I can get with the plasma cutter are, I mean, they look like factory cuts if you get the settings right. I still have a little tinkering to do with some of the thicker stuff, but it is going to be an absolute godsend for these chairs because there's, I'm working with a lot of eighth-inch metal, and I have a lot of curves, and... uh I was doing it with my jigsaw and metal cutting bits before, which works, but it's certainly not fun. Yeah, I'm interested to hear what your settings are because I evidently suck at plasma cutting or something like that. And I, I have a lot of trouble with like basically the the dross like forms back in the the kerf that I've just cut and like basically you know seals the metal back together. What are you What are you cutting it? Over are you just over nothing like off the edge of a table? Yes, exactly. Okay, that's fine. Uh, what settings were? Because I know you want to use, especially with thicker. You typically you want to use a high setting and move fast. Yeah, yeah. I think what and I'm doing it's like, is cranking it and not moving fast enough because I'm not confident. And uh, that's yeah, I mean, I started when I. I mean, I, I used a plasma cutter like 15 years ago when I was going to college and. I mean, it's long. It's been long enough to where I have an idea how they work, but I've forgotten all the intricacies. But when I built that plasma table, I started with some uh, either 20 or 18 gauge sheet metal and started working on that. And it took me a few passes to really get it down. But I'm kind of graduating up to thicker material and finding kind of the sweet spot on the on the torch. But um, yeah. It's certainly, I think it's capable, the, the one that I have is capable of three-eighths, so yeah. one-eighth should be uh, well within its abilities. Yeah, see, and the only I, thing I I've actually ever cut with it is quarter-inch, so it's uh, it's towards the top of its range, I think, um, but I still don't think I'm moving fast enough, so I just need to mess around with it more. But, yeah. yeah. 
Cool. James, what about you? Um, American Greenlight LEDs. Uh, yes. They make these these tracks of LED that only stick down a half inch from your joist. So if you're in a basement shop like me where the ceiling's fairly low, they are phenomenal. And the other cool thing about them is they're actually run with doorbell wire so that you can actually run the wires straight onto the joist. Don't have to worry about you know um, protection or codes because it's an all low-voltage low system. Yeah. Just I am I am in love with these things. Phenomenal, phenomenal system, and uh, yeah, they do a great job. Cool. Yeah, those are on my very short list. I I have <clears throat> most of my shop is the fluorescent. I think they call them troffers or whatever. Like you know, basically like your yeah. typical office. And uh, well, that's that's what these are actually were originally designed for. Was replacing those bulbs so you could pull the ballast system out and attach these up where the bulbs used to be. Okay. Um, but then people found, well, there's no reason to put them in the trough or just nail them up to a joist and you're good to go. Nice. Yeah, I need to uh, I need to make that happen. That that would be a good upgrade for me. I mean, although fluorescent works works well. I mean, I have a, I have a ton of light. I just uh, I'd rather be on LED just because I can control the temperature a little bit easier yeah. and uh, a little more energy efficient. So, yeah, cool. Well, uh, for all our live listeners, stay tuned. We will be doing the after party, I guess, uh, here in a couple minutes. Uh, to anybody listening on iTunes, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you would like to hear these after parties, uh, check us out on Patreon. Uh, that's one of our reward levels there. Or just join us live. The live listeners get it for free. So that's a nice perk there. I want to mention our top patron of the week, as always, Make, Build, Modify. Thank you so much for the support. And uh, I think that is going to do it for this week. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Until next week, happy building. Thanks, guys. Bye.